If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our tubes to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, one of the things that uh, is kind of cool about doing these uh, via Zoom, because I used to do them in person, and I used to go and hang out with the band that I was interviewing and, and at their jam space or their home or wherever, um, is that like I feel like I can not only do more episodes this way because it's a lot easier time-wise for me not to you know travel halfway around the city but i'm also kind of filling in some blanks uh, over the past couple year and a half of artists that i really should have had on the show <laughs> previously and there's no reason why not but it just never happened so <coughs> this is definitely one of those episodes i think i think that uh, you know I- i've known your music for years now and for some reason it just never occurred to me like i mean i've had ian on talking about different projects like three three times at least and it just for some reason i never thought oh yeah we should, do, we should do this episode but now we're here we're doing it i'm glad you guys can make it and um i think that the best way to start this off is if the two of you want to just introduce yourselves and maybe give a bit of background about the band because i, I know you have new things coming out but you've also been around for quite a while in the city yeah sure so uh i am myron dean uh, I am in the Noble Thieves. I am the singer in the Noble Thieves. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm Riley. I'm uh, the guitar player in the Noble Thieves. And yeah, we've been a band. I think we were doing the math not too long ago, and it's like 12 years or something like wow. that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and, and then like with like with the mostly core lineup, a, a decade. So we've been doing this thing for a while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah yeah it's fun so yeah new stuff out but uh a lot of great memories too i mean man we toured all over north america we toured england and france and uh we really really lived the life for a number of years there yeah and now yeah. and now we're more of that hometown band that's uh putting out music for the love of it. yeah awesome. well i mean i guess like i like I said, I've known about you guys for a long time. I've seen, I remember seeing some of your really early shows with one of your early lineups, and obviously things have changed um, sonically and uh, you know member-wise and all that since then. But it just seems like every time I hear you, every time I see you live, it just seems like it, it, it's honed even more. Like you see, which is a good thing. I mean, most bands should hopefully strive to that. But you seem like you've gone from like you know young guys who are sort of trying to figure out what to do with soul music or reggae or any of these genres and into like this really tight uh, really kind of um well-oiled machine putting out these these r&b tracks and these soul tracks and so what has um i guess what has worked with the current lineup why did the four of you now that like you said has been around for for the better part of a decade what works with the, the four of you to kind of have that tight groove and be able to just have that really polished sort of um I don't want to say professional, but soul definitely lends itself to a professional kind of vibe a lot of the time. There's, there's a rawness, but there's also kind of this really, really um, like tight and in the, in the pocket sort of thing. How do you, the four of you work together to to make that make that sound and make that image, I guess? I feel like 
a lot of the times people tell you that you need to do things a certain way. Um, when it comes to writing um, and when it comes to like, just like producing the songs, I feel like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Riley, but like, I feel like probably about four, five years ago, we just kind of said, you know what, whatever we feel works, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, um, so sometimes Riley will come with it. Like there's been times when Riley's come with a song. Um, and, you know, sometimes there's been times when I've come with a song. There's been times when Ian's come with a song. Um, at first, it was very much like, oh, well, you know, I don't know. I don't want to give this up because I don't know if, like, it's no longer going to be mine. So yeah. I, I don't want to, I want to make sure that it's, that it's good enough so that my stamp is still on it. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, Riley, but like at least from from my perspective, and I think now where where we're at, especially in the past few years, like and just in terms of just there's no egos. We're just like, man, we just want to like make music, and you know, somebody will come with a song, and sometimes it'll it'll be like a chorus and a verse, and yeah. then it'll just like pick up, and then all of a sudden, like people are throwing in ideas, and it's very um organic with the way that we we put things together and once we have it good enough we just start playing it I'll, I'll, unfortunately you know over covid we didn't really get to play much yeah so it's just like yeah for for the for lack of a better way to put it it's just like whatever works that's what we're gonna roll, roll with and that's that's kind of what we what we've kind of been doing so yeah absolutely and you know like um writing even like simple really simple pop songs is like really hard it takes a long time to get good at that and totally. uh i mean for myself as a musician too like it takes a long time took a long time for me to get any good at guitar and i was on stage with the noble thieves long before i was any good at guitar any good at songwriting weren't you the bass player uh, originally were you playing bass yeah like an early version that's of the right band? yeah yeah yeah, exactly. So uh, before I had any kind of chops, um, I was, you know, playing festivals and, and, and playing like some of those rowdy early gigs and stuff like that. And uh, we've all just cut our teeth by doing it. We're, we're, we're not like not in the basement. We've, we've cut our teeth by doing it, traveling and playing. And then also, I mean, speaking to that tight R&B soul sound, <coughs> the last few years, we got this guy named Sandy Fernandez. Yeah. And he's a he's a beast on the drums. And uh, his feel has has taken us to to new levels as well, for sure. Well, and you've, yeah. had, you've had a few different drummers over the years, too, right? Probably three or four, at least by now. I mean, it's uh, got to be hard yeah. to find someone who really, really suits the sound. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we had, our, I mean, uh, Tim Jones is our original drummer. And then uh, he was our manager as well. He's with uh, Pipe and Hat there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was our drummer until we got too busy to like, we started touring and stuff. He couldn't keep up with it and be a manager for a bunch of artists. So uh, then we got Joel Armstrong in for a number of years. And uh, he's a beauty too. And now, uh, now we're on to Sandy and he's... Uh, well, he makes me a better musician for sure because he just knows his stuff. He's cool. just yeah. in, in you can't, the pocket. You can't really just like, you can't mess around. And one thing that's really great about Sandy is because just his level of proficiency is, is pretty high. Yeah. Like our ability to just workshop things at a rapid rate is just like, it's, crazy you know like you like you know i i don't think that as a band 
and this is uh, to his credit, I don't think as a band we would have been ready for him like four or five years ago. Okay, okay. So the timing worked out. You guys are at the point where you 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 could use someone like that to to fill it out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Where does this band? I mean. I know the, the pandemic has thrown everything out of whack for everybody as far as, you know, being able to play shows or even rehearse in a lot of cases. But where does this band fit priority-wise with, with all of you? Because I know that most of you are in other bands. Um, and obviously there's got to be some difficulty in sort of coordinating everyone to, um, even without a pandemic, you know, to, to get together and rehearse and write and all of that. So, I mean, is this sort of the, the primary band for most of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do play in a few bands, but this is uh, this is the thing. This is like that lifelong musical project. Cool. Yeah. Cool. We just like, I mean, at the end of the day, um, we came together really wanting to make music. And, you know, that's pretty much all any band should really want to ever focus on. Yeah. Um, I mean, image and playing big festivals and all that sort of stuff, that is kind of uh, ancillary to the to the, the core of what it is. And you're just really trying to make a really good product that you can stand behind, that you feel proud of, and that you really wanna, wanna show people. Um, and that's really what it boils down to. It's no different than any other um, creative medium, you know, which police radio, you know. Yeah. Um, you wanna you wanna put out a good product and you wanna put out something that you really stand behind, which you do. Um, you know, and it's just like, it's, yeah, that's just really what it boils down to. And that's all, that's all we're trying to do here. Cool. Cool.
you feel at this point, you know, after all this time together uh, and playing music together, do you, do you feel like this is kind of the... Um, it's a weird question because I hope you feel this way, but do you feel like this is kind of the, uh, the the point that you should be at by now? I mean, are you are you comfortable and confident in sort of the sound that that all this time you put in, all this touring, all these shows has kind of come to this point now, and where you're ready to release new music? And do you think this is kind of the the peak so far of what you've done as a group? Yeah, yeah. Like, let let me put it this way, like we were touring and we were, we really wanted to like be big and get big. And, you know, like we wanted to do all those things, but like, I feel that sonically we're so much better. And like uh, Riley's in a, in in another band called Bowlegged. Yeah. And they're, they're like kind of alt, they're alt country. Would you call it alt country? Yeah. Uh, I I call it cosmic country. Cosmic country. Yeah. And like, I just noticed when he really, when that band, when he really started to like sink his teeth into that, some of the that though the stylistic elements of that band really started to permeate into his playing playing cool. uh, over on the Noble Thief side. And I've even told you this in practice. I've been like, yo, man, like you just like just in terms of your, like your abilities and like your, your, I want to say like your sensibilities and your tastes, it's just like, it's just gotten so much more refined. And so like, I mean, yeah, like everybody wants to blow up overnight. Everybody wants to do that. But like with a band, it, it takes time. Of course. You yeah. can't, and, and there's no real way to get around it unless you have a bunch of like, hired musicians and you have a bunch of uh songwriters and you have this veneer of a of a of an image and the whole thing is just like a house of cards and a facade you can do that that'll work but it won't be it won't be authentic it won't be genuine it won't be good either <laughs> it won't be good for, for the listeners won't enjoy it probably either. yeah exactly no. yeah. well yeah. just a, I- oh sorry go ahead yeah Oh, I was just going to say, I have no doubt, like, musically that uh, we are kind of hitting our peak and, like, this new stuff that's coming going to be coming out over the next little while. I, I uh, just, yeah, really proud of it. Really, yeah. really happy with it. If I was if I was talking to, like, 21-year-old touring Noble Thieves Riley yeah. uh, and said, oh, yeah, you know, like, uh, I have a day job now and I've, I'm putting out music, uh, you know, with, with the boys, but we're mostly sticking to Manitoba and stuff. I might have been disappointed at the time. But if 21-year-old Riley listened to the tracks that are coming out now, he would be blown away. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Just to kind of touch on what you are saying earlier about, about you know, those country influences slipping in and other stuff like that, I almost think it's kind of a, an easy definition is to call you a soul band, but there's definitely more going on than, than just strictly the soul influence. I mean, you know, and soul itself as a genre pulls from so many different places as well. I mean, you know, so do you, do you say that you're a soul band? Is that sort of how you describe yourselves? Or do you have a, a better way to uh, define it that covers sort of all the bases you're touching on? Well, we call it rock and soul, I guess. That's how we always usually kind of brand it. Um, yeah, I, because but I, but I mean, soul music encapsulates so much. I mean, the way I mean, the way I look at soul music, soul music is a lot more than, you know, Motown. It's it's this whole ever evolving kind of wave of music uh, from blues to hip hop. 
and uh yeah there's just so much fantastic stuff in there and we draw a lot of uh a lot of inspiration from all eras of soul music has that helped has that has it helped you as far as uh you know getting on certain shows or 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 especially touring the fact that maybe you know you can be seen as a soul band but you have the rock side of things you have all these other elements coming in there has that sort of made it easier for you to fit in maybe unusual bills or or with bands that wouldn't necessarily work well with a you know straight ahead soul band yeah definitely and i'd say we've shared more stages with uh rock bands um i i think maybe to some like soul the classic soul purist we might not be soul enough because uh, <laughs> right. we, we've really made it kind of our own our own thing um over these years so but uh, i mean we played some great with some incredible soul bands too but um we might not be like necessarily what you expect when you the for like your first kind of impression of a soul yeah. band when you're the one yeah well, I, I do want to get to the new stuff in a second, but just 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 to stay on this for just a minute here. What is um, what has the experience been like? You know, I know you've toured pretty extensively, playing shows in places where where soul comes from. I mean, you're you're in the states, you're in some of these parts of the country where where soul is like the you know indigenous music basically. It came from those cities and things like that. And you're from the prairies. You're bringing obviously your own style to it. What is that experience like being someone you know? from winnipeg playing this music that has its roots and you're sort of in the 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 motherland for it i mean um for the most part you're you go you go to some of these places and you can't help but be a little bit of a tourist sure you can't help but be like oh my gosh look that's that's where that happened this was this is where that happened but then but then you start to realize you're like man this this heyday was it was 50 years ago like a lot of the people that you're talking to and a lot of the people at the venues that you're playing i mean yeah they have uh, a semblance and an idea and identity with it but it's not it's not like they're looking at you like oh you're not from here you're not so like i mean as long as it's coming from a place of authenticity like soul music has expanded to and, and rock and roll music has expanded yeah. and it's had so many iterations and it's had so many like uh, permutations that like i mean who's to say where anything comes from anymore i mean you got That's to source point. material but you know uh good music is good music so if they like it they're down with it yeah they don't like it they're not down with it
this comes up on the show all the time. I don't know why, but it always, I think I just forced it into conversation. But the, the idea that I, I think that um, the best music, no matter what genre it is, whether it's whether it's soul or, or punk rock or hip hop or metal or anything, right? The, if it's authentic and genuine, you can hear that coming through and that makes it good over any kind of technical ability because you can feel that the person is, you know, they could have a one string guitar and could be screaming, but if it seems honest and it seems like this is them delivering some heartfelt music, that's soul music as far as I'm concerned. Like it's not genre wise, but anything that kind of comes from the heart and it's truthful, I think is, is what works as, as a form of soul music. And I mean, you're doing something obviously that's more specifically genre wise soul music, but I think you're right that, yeah, that authenticity of it is going to come through regardless of where you're from or what your background is or anything like that. Yeah. hundred percent for sure. You know, it's like a lot of the times you can, you can pick up on it. Like even for us, there's been songs that, you know, we, we've written from a third person perspective. Yeah. And, you know, like, yeah, you're still like, you're still jazzed up about it. You're still feeling it, but it's, you don't get the same sense of self when sure. you're like performing it. And so you don't get at, over time, you don't get as jazzed up about it. I feel like really good music, it has to be authentic. It has to be, have some sort of like personal element to it pretty sure like john lennon even said something crazy about like you write everything in the third in the first person you don't write in the third person because it's not authentic well you have to be you have to be very good to write the third person to make it sound authentic i think you have to be exceptional it's it's still it's still like i some of my best some of my some of my favorite songs they're third person and 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 they are very authentic you know a lot of a lot of hip hop. Um, when you when you listen to a lot of hip hop, um, a lot of it is storytelling. So a lot of it is in the third person. Sometimes switching between the third person and the first person, you know. But you know, like at the end of the day, it really that what it really boils down to is like you know, is it coming from an honest place? Yeah. And, and yeah, like I feel like these two songs, um, this 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 song. That we're that we're coming out with uh, super glue. I feel that it's 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 deeply authentic. You know, it's it's uh, I, Riley came came with it. He didn't even have a title, and he played the song. And I remember it was like we all were really jazzed up about it. We were all really jacked up about it, and you know, we we started playing it right away. And and we hadn't really even gotten it to its final form. We were so excited about it, you know. Um, so like, I'm, I'm really excited to share it with everybody and, and, and yeah, this, this final form of what it is and yeah, it's just, it's been a really cool ride. Cool. Absolutely. What, um, when was the last time that that you put anything out? I I feel like it's been a while and not just because of COVID either. I think that you've, uh, like, what was your last full length though? It's it's been a few years now, right? Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) oh God. Because I was listening to it the other day, and I remember looking at the liner notes, and I was it was even longer than I I don't remember what year it was now, but it was twenty fourteen. Yeah, it's been a while, right? Twenty fourteen. Yeah. So what yeah. was that? Just a factor of you know life getting in the way and people's other projects and 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 work and all those things, or is that a deliberate sort of uh, break between releasing new music now and and having that come out then? Um. Well, a little bit of both. I mean, we, we put out a, a single, uh, I think, twenty nineteen. Right. It would be like our last release, um, but 
yeah, I mean, uh, like, I, I can't speak for everybody in the band, but I don't know, like, an album, a full-length thing. Like, is that something to do? I don't know. We did that thing because we were getting funding to do that thing, doing the grant thing, doing the music industry thing. And uh, I'm really proud of that record, but, man, <laughs> like, uh, we're, we're just approaching things differently now. We're doing – it's a very DIY thing we're doing yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, – because of that, <laughs> there's not always money to record of course, 14 yeah. songs. So you got to pick the two best ones. And, and I mean, a lot of records only have two good songs. On them anyway. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I echo the, sem- the sentiment that Riley has completely. Yeah. I'm like fully aligned on that. I was going to say, too, that, you know, since 2014, if that's when that was, things have changed considerably just in the way music's consumed, even in that short amount of time, too. I mean, like you said, that the idea of just, you know, sitting down, recording an album and releasing that in the traditional way, people still do it, of course, but it's not necessarily the way that that people are consuming music. And that's only in the last few years, really, that things have changed so considerably. So I assume you have to take that into account when you're preparing to release anything at this point in time. Yeah, though I'll never write off like a full length album because when I do think about like some of my favorite pieces of music, it's these classic full albums. Yeah, 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 they I think they do have more staying power. So yeah, would love to do another full length. Got to write some songs. Got to get busy. Right, right. You have two, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
You know, a lot of the times, like full lengths, some of my favorite, a lot of like, like Riley's saying, like uh, you listen to some full length albums and, and they're masterpieces. You're yeah. like, this is amazing. Um, but I, I feel that doing a full length album for the sake of doing a full length album is not where anybody should put their energy in right into especially now in this in this day and age where of curated curated playlists and you know short attention spans it's just like you know um when you get when you get traction off of a certain sound then yeah go a little deeper into that and and explore that but like I mean, if you're unless you have like crazy backing, I don't I don't see the advantage for any artist to have like maybe an EP. Yeah, you could definitely have an EP, six songs. I feel like that's a nice like digestible amount. And the thing is, what you want, what anybody wants, is somebody to go at the once they get to the end, they go. Oh my gosh! I want more. I'm gonna go back and listen to this whole thing again. Yeah, I want to hear this whole thing again. That's what you want. Back in like you, back when like LPs were like big and people were listening to like actual records, people would put a record on and they wear that they wear that shit out. They'd be like back and forth. They you you hear so many stories of people like, oh man, I wore that record out. I listened to that record like 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 a hundred times. Yeah, and I had to go and get a new one because it was so worn out. And that's just not the way people digest music anymore, unless it's something that they really, really love that they, but they are anticipating that it's coming out yeah. and they're anticipating and they're like, they're already drinking the Kool-Aid. They're like hook, line and sinker. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm definitely one of those people for physical media for sure. Like I, I still haven't figured out how streaming works or any of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> But I realize that I'm a dinosaur now, and especially, you know, as musicians, you guys have to sort of navigate, this is the way people, especially younger people, consume stuff now, right? They're going to be on Spotify, they're going to be doing, listening to playlists that other people have curated, and it's just, yeah, it's a totally different environment. It it really is. It's like, I, so I have Apple Music, and I also have Spotify. Not knocking Apple Music, but you can tell that there's, like, a lot of, like, money in in the promotion of the right artists so like the curation of that of apple music compared to spotify is just like 
it's like kind of night and day. Okay. Um, yeah, like it's just like I feel that down the line, I feel like there's going to be another player that's going to come in and just kind of maybe take everybody's lunch just because there's just so much music. When you think about like just the breadth of music that is out there, sometimes I kind of get I get kind of mad and sad that there's not really a like a platform to really like find it all you know it's 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 you you have this like platform that's this huge amazing tool it's like all of the songs that were have been recorded for for like the last 50 60 70 years they're all on your phone and as long as you just know what it is you can look it up but sometimes people are like i don't know what it is how do and i find so you're it relying, yeah. yeah yeah so you're relying on these algorithms and these algorithms are becoming more and more um what's the word i'm looking for they're they're being they're being misconstrued and they're not being used in the uh, to their full potential i feel it's interesting that that you know I know I just said that I don't I don't know how to use streaming, but we do have in my house my wife and my kids use this, this Spotify. So they have, we have one of those Google Home things where you yell at yeah, it and yeah. get it to, to play music. And so like a few months ago, our basement flooded, so all my records had to be moved out and my tapes, and my CDs, and I had to listen to this Spotify thing. And so uh, I realized as I was working, I was just telling it to play stuff, which was cool. But I played like two or three bands every day, the same two or three bands over and over again. And it's like I have all this access to anything I want to hear. And I'm picking these records that I have, you know, physical copies of right there, and I'm not reaching out. So yeah, it's I mean, you can get stuck in a hole, I think, in your little pocket yeah. of music that you like and you know you like, and then never and really go beyond it. And the, the album's just gonna ping you back. Oh, you liked this? Yeah. So we're gonna just like direct you more into the exact same thing. Yeah. That you that you like, you end up in a, a bit of an echo chamber where you're just kind of like running along the same track. Yeah. And 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 yeah, like I, I'm I'm pretty eclectic. Like I'm pretty eclectic in in what I like in terms of music, but I feel like Apple Music like is just like I don't even know what you like. Like I'm just gonna throw some top forty at you and see how this is gonna land. Yeah. Hopefully, you pick something because uh, you're kind of all over the place. Does it help having this long history as a band when it comes to people listening like that? Or are you sort of at the same level as all 500 million other people now who are releasing music? Because getting found is, is still hard even for an established band, right? Um, yeah, like, I mean, we have people... The, the good thing about us is that we have people who have seen us and heard yeah. us. Um, we've been a lot of places. And so... If we happen to come, they happen to come across our name. They're gonna, they're gonna at least give us a chance, right? Yeah, yeah. It'll ring a bell through the. Oh, oh yeah, I saw those guys three years ago or whatever. And, right? Yeah, exactly. And hopefully, hopefully, we didn't offend too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, like you know, it's just yeah, it's just one of those things where um, yeah, we, we. I wouldn't say we're not at the same level, but I mean, I feel like we. We definitely have a, a couple of a couple of check marks where we can where we can be like, oh well, you know, because it's, it's it happens to you probably, Riley, all the time. People come up to you and they're like, oh yeah, you're in the Noble Thieves, you know. Like sometimes I won't eat, like I like it hasn't happened in a few years because I haven't left the city, but like 
every now and then I'd run into somebody outside of the city. Oh, cool. But like, be like, oh yeah, I saw you. Just ran. Just a, it's like totally random. You know, happens a lot in Winnipeg, a lot more in Winnipeg. But like, yeah, like I feel like people still remember our names and remember who we are just because we haven't put anything out for three years doesn't mean that people just immediately forget people yeah. think that people have very short memories but i mean if they like something they're gonna remember it yeah if it made an impact for sure it's gonna stick in even if they forget the name once they see it again it'll be oh yeah those guys and, and i mean you you guys have a pretty strong live show every time i've seen you so that's got to help too to kind of get get yourselves wormed into people's brains right yeah yeah i think so for sure and yeah we've covered a lot of ground all these places and um i mean especially in canada built some followings in other cities and stuff so we always kind of have uh you know a familiar kind of audience that we're putting stuff out for and then yeah i mean in terms of putting out stuff out to streaming and stuff yeah it's probably just like just about like in terms of reaching new people it's about the same as anybody else there's no barrier to entry whatsoever so you have to (laughs) you know just like believe in what you're putting out there and uh i mean uh, yeah and then i mean we we have had of course um you know lots of like radio play over yeah. the years and things like that so uh, i am hoping like by the time this this interview's airing you know the song's getting some good plays on you know cbc and stuff like that some of the places that uh that have historically played our music so we do have some inroads there hopefully yeah, they're paying helps. off right now in the present well, speaking of that, I mean, you know, if someone's listening to this right now, when the day it comes out and they want to check out your new music, what's the best way to do that? Where can they find you online to sort of follow what you're up to, maybe find out if there's shows in the future? Because this, it's a podcast, someone could listen to it the day it comes out or a year later. And maybe by then you're playing more shows, maybe you have more music out. What's the best way to sort of find, like, is there a hub for you online that people should uh, yeah. go to? Yeah, absolutely. The noblethiefs.ca is uh, where you'll find all the stuff. Uh, you'll find the super glue video. You'll find uh, Spotify. I think we've got all our full lengths on there and yeah. live videos and all this stuff. Well, that, that's the hub for sure. And uh, yeah, yeah. You go to noblethiefs.ca and watch that video. Please watch the video. I spent like 30 hours yeah. editing it. This dude's a beast. <laughs> he was, was like, a beast, oh, I'll but, just... Uh, He's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just uh, storyboard and uh, I'll, I'll edit the video. We just need to get somebody to shoot it. And I was like, oh, okay, you sure about this, Riley? He's like, yeah, I'm good. And then <laughs> no he, like, I'm really happy with it. He straight did it. I was like, man, this guy's a beast. Like he's a like absolute a one asset, like franchise oh, player, thanks, man. It's good, to, good to have a new man for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it, Myron. Yeah, oh, it's a lot of fun, and I mean, we, uh, we, yeah, we've had uh, we're DIY, but we've had the help of a lot of really talented people yes, along the way. Totally. So uh, we recorded Super Glue at Stereo Bus Recording cool. with Paul Yee. He's a serious heavyweight. Our good buddy Kyle Monkman from Sound Smart mixed it for us. He's killer. And then uh, James Hebert, uh, great cameraman. Uh, came out and shot this video which is basically as you'll see it's like kind of like a 90s much music rap video yeah yeah uh, <laughs> right down to the logo eh? you get very much music with it yeah i hope i'm not like in trouble right now <laughs> uh you know what I, I, like we were talking about it and it's just I like man into the the legality of you know right. satirizing their logo i think it is kind you're of probably fine though. you're probably fine yeah yeah, yeah. It's, a, like, it's, it's like a really old yeah like i i it's kind of funny because i remember when we were talking about workshopping when we were workshopping okay what's the music video gonna look like 
um, we all kind of landed on the whole much music thing because like those days are gone. Yeah. When you would be able like, I, I don't know about you, but I remember like as a kid watching much music, it would just be music videos back to back. Yeah. And like, you'd have like your favorite music videos and like, you'd like tell your friends and you'd like emulate it as a kid. And like, you'd be like all up in it, like a dirty shirt, you know? And like, I kind of feel bad for um, like the younger generation. Cause they just, they have that, but it's just so on, on demand. Yeah. You don't really, again, you don't really get the, the opportunity to just discover something. It's something is always kind of a little force fed to you. And it's just like, I guess the same being force fed on much music anyways. But like, I just felt like it was a little bit more, the strokes were broader. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah. And it was just, that was the deal when we were young, like really young. And now uh, we're really nostalgic for that. And, And I think a lot, and I think a lot of people are. We've always been a band that it like that embraces nostalgia. Like whether we were, you know, playing old Trojan record songs, yeah, yeah, or or playing old, like soul songs and and uh, soul music. We were always kind of basing it on on the past and uh, this very much this ne- this new project very much too, but it's uh, a little less far back. Yeah. He got sixteen candles, then he got sixteen shots. 16 candles, then it got six feet in a box. 16 candles, then it got 16 shots. 16 candles, now he's golden in a box. Clock 20. 